0: joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. This is my wife Sherry. And uh, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And we'll be in chapter 8 again tonight uh, entitled Don't Quit. Under the section heading on page 76 uh, doubts drowned out on the bottom of the page. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to that in just a second. Uh, all, just so you know, all of our uh, Bible studies are archived on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And then we t- always do thank you for all of our financial uh, supporters who have supported us by uh, through, through our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as uh, through our mailing address, at, uh, which you can find on our website. So anyway. Um, we, we, we thank you for following us tonight, and we're looking forward to getting to the Word of God this morning, uh, this evening, excuse me, this afternoon. And so, I'm all over the map today. So anyway, um, effortless change. So that sounds like a strange title to some people, and that even sounds like an oxymoron. How can you change effortlessly? And a lot of us have been trying to change uh, by ourselves, and uh, and not say the Word of God. This is all about letting the Word of God change you. It is all about learning the nature of God, the a relationship with God, a relationship with His Word to change you. We want God to change us from the inside out, versus us trying to change ourselves religiously on the outside in. And one of those ways is having a relationship with God. And so we're in this, or in this chapter, don't quit. It's a rather large chapter, a uh, long chapter uh, than some of the other ones, but. We're in mid thought so anytime we we pick up middle of the chapter, i'm always a little uh, i don't know what the word is for, but you know we're picking up mid thought so um and so uh anyway, that's where we're at where uh you know it's says doubts drowned out and so uh we're- ta- you know whenever you are have a quitting moment whenever you are being tempted to quit something you know you're gonna have... uh you know th- um Obviously, you hear you are doubting something. Obviously, you are doubting yourself or whatnot. And so, you know. Um, anyway, I'm, I feel like I'm just chopping up my words right now. But Andrew is giving a testimony about his own self, and uh, he, I don't know if he goes how much, I forget how much detail he goes into. I don't think it's very much. But he was in a situation where he was contemplating quitting, and this was early on in his ministry, and he was going to Bob Nichols' church. Rather large, large church, and it was at that time where it's a kind of a meet and greet time, you know. And Bob Nichols went off the platform and beeline towards Andrew, and I can't remember if he knew him or didn't know him at the time. They they had met.
1: They had met.
0: They had met, and uh, he basically gave him a word from the Lord. Basically, I'm going to just summarize it simply: uh, Don't quit. And so that's what this section is about. And I'm just. <laughs> Given his own testimony about when he was tempted to quit, and praise God he didn't, otherwise he would never, one, first of all, written this book, and have his ministry as we know today. And so, he's t- when he's talking about this title section, title, Doubts Drowned Out," uh, he's t- again he's doing his own testimony about his doubts being drowned, and so.
1: And the the besides his testimony he also was talking about John the Baptist who had been called out uh, purposed in in life to be the one that the prophets foretold of preparing the way of the Lord and John had a unique testimony uh, a unique ministry a unique mission that uh, he was created for and you know he got to baptize Jesus he got to say Prep- uh, prepare you the way of the Lord this is the Lamb of God the Messiah who takes away the sins of the world you know uh, he-, he got to meet Jesus face to face and jo- uh, John Andrews using John the Baptist as an example that you know John had a very unique ministry he he was Telling people to repent, uh, he was uh, totally unlike any other prophet out there. Um, he had a unique style of, you know, being in camel's hair and living out in the desert. And uh, you know, he he knew full well who Jesus was uh, when he announced him, and he knew that that he was only the 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 announcer so to speak uh, of of the Messiah he he, uh, he out of all the prophets I mean all the prophets foretold of Jesus obviously but but uh, John's was very unique and even even someone as called out as John uh, Andrew was sharing had doubts John got thrown into prison uh, for speaking the truth and he started to doubt, you know, what if I was wrong? What if Jesus wasn't the Messiah? What if I wasted my whole life? Here I am in prison. I probably won't make it out alive. And what if I announced the wrong person as the Messiah? And, you know, the, the Jews at the time, their idea of the Messiah was to physically be on an earthly throne to save them from the Roman Empire. Um, And instead, the Messiah, Jesus as we know him today, the true Messiah was, he takes away the sins of the world and he is on the throne, but he's in the throne in heaven at the right hand of God. He's taken back what Satan stole, mankind's authority that God had given him. He has defeated death he has uh, taken our sin as far as from the east as from the west he didn't just take it he purchased it uh, he crucified it at the cross with himself it's buried it's done with he's forgiven us he established us back into right relationship with God uh, he's I mean one of my favorite subjects to, to get up and 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 just go off on is uh, the death burial and resurrection of Jesus because without that um, Jesus wouldn't be the Messiah. But he did raise from the dead. He did uh, resurrect. Uh, he did ascend on high. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. Uh, but I want to get back back on top of back on the the Bible study. But I did want to say, you know, Dave started a new series on faith this morning, and you know, John the Baptist even sent his own disciples to Jesus, "Are you really the Christ, the Messiah? I really need to know." You know, he was, uh, he didn't want his life to be a, a waste, and and you know, Jesus' answers Andrew went into had been. Um, Instead of answering the disciples, he went an hour of healing people and, and casting out demons and doing all kinds of miracles. Then he told the John's disciples, now go back and tell John that, of what, what you've seen because it was foretold of what Jesus would do and Jesus did do it. Jesus is the Messiah. But uh, the, the title, the Don't Quit and the title... Doubts Drowned Out, you know, reminded me, Dave uh, had a point that faith speaks, but also doubt and worry and fear and unbelief speak too. And we can speak to our doubts. And we can speak the Word of God and walk in faith.
0: So just a reminder, Sherry's going to read for us, but we're in chapter 8 tonight. uh, And we're about uh, two or three pages in on page 76, Doubts Drowned Out.
1: John the Baptist knew the scriptures. When the Pharisees came to him and asked, Who are you? Are you the Christ? He answered, No, I'm not the Christ. I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John 1, uh, 23. John quoted from Isaiah 40, just five chapters after Isaiah 35, which spoke of the one who had come before to prepare the way for the Messiah. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isaiah 43. John quoted from a number of passages all around this part of Isaiah. Back then they didn't have a Bible like we have today with chapters and verses. They had scrolls of paper. It was hard to find a certain sentence or passage because they weren't divided into chapters and verses. What we call the book of Isaiah was just all one letter. So for John the Baptist to quote from what we call Isaiah 40, which was very close in that letter to what we call Isaiah 35, I believe it is proof positive that he had to have read those verses to the point where he was very familiar with them. He knew what God had prophesied the Messiah would do when he came. John the Baptist's messengers may not have understood. They came back to John and said, Well, he didn't answer our question directly whether he was a Christ. However, he made us wait an hour, during which time he opened up blind eyes and healed deaf ears. People who couldn't talk, talked, and the people who couldn't walk, walked. Then he told us to come back and tell you what he had done and that you'd be blessed if you would just believe. When they delivered that message to John, I believe the Holy Spirit connected what Isaiah had prophesied about the Messiah and what Jesus had just done, I believe, the light came on as John realized. How could I doubt that this was the Messiah? He has performed everything the Word of God prophesied he would do. No other man has opened up blind eyes, unstopped deaf ears, and enabled the lame to walk, and caused dumb tongues to sing. Especially not in one hour span of time. He even raised the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit came in like a flood and washed away all of John the Baptist's doubts. Jesus appealed to John's knowledge of the word, not just his emotions. When the truth of God's word drowned out John the Baptist's doubts, I believe he began to praise and thank God.
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot to comment on here. It's just kind of reoccurring, if you've been, especially if you've been following us the last few weeks, with this whole uh, ongoing story about John the Baptist. I know I don't know about you, but I've never heard a lot of teaching on John the Baptist. One, there's not a lot of scripture on him, but he is one. Of the, he is the last prophet in the Old Testament. Old Testament didn't begin with Matthew one. the Old Testament begins at the cross. I mean, New Testament didn't begin at Matthew one one. Uh, New Testament begins at the cross. Uh, we, we know, without the cross there is no covenant, there is no testament, and so, um, but, again, Jesus, John has some doubts, whether he, at this time in his life and ministry, he's in prison, you know, uh, he, he knew, he knew that he knew that he knew he was a forerunner of Christ, and yeah, uh, war- he, he, he did baptize Jesus, but he's also having some doubts, is this really the Messiah, and he just needs some reassurance. <coughs> and uh, Jesus knew that John knew the scriptures. So he he, he validated his that he was the Christ by uh, uh, fulfilling scripture that he was the Christ. And, and so John would be uh, affirmed that Jesus was the Christ. Because John's ministry, and he knew what his ministry was, his ministry was very simple. Be a forerunner of christ did he have a powerful ministry yes jesus himself said that he was the greatest of all the prophets and so at the same point in time uh he had a powerful ministry but even with the powerful ministry john knew that the purpose of his ministry was to be a forerunner of christ and if jesus wasn't the christ you know he in one sense his face was shipwrecked but n- <coughs> when he knew that Jesus was a Christ and that he did fulfill his purpose in his ministry that was that that was uh, everything to him how does that relate to us? that's John's story praise God for John's story but how does that relate to us? sometimes we just need reassurance God's given us a word God's spoken things through us and we sometimes need a reassurance and our greatest reassurance should come from the Word of God you know Things should be happening. There's some things I've been ta- I'm talking about on Sundays. I just started this morning. On Sunday mornings, I just started a new series. talking about experiencing the spirit of faith. <coughs> we should be experiencing Christianity. It, should, it shouldn't just be a prayer and we go to heaven. Praise God for that. I'm not war- watering that down. The greatest miracle of all is that you receive Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest benefits of receiving Christ is that you get to go to heaven and not a devil's hell. At the same point in time, while we are still on this earth, while we still have a heartbeat, while we still have breath in our lungs, there's a, we have a purpose. And we have a purpose on this earth. I'm going to talk about more of that Sunday morning, this next Sunday morning. I didn't quite finish my first part this morning, so I'm going to continue that next Sunday. But we have a purpose. You know, one of those purposes, I'll just give you a sneak preview of next Sunday's message, at least the first part of it. In Genesis chapter one, verse one and two, it says, "In the beginning was created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and with void and darkness. <coughs> Excuse me, was." Was on the face of the of the deep, and the spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. I'm not going to explain all of that right now, but the earth was formless and void until the next several verses come. And God said, and there was light. And God, said, and God said, and God said, and God said. You know, your life, my life, is not supposed to be formless and void. We are, we are a workmanship created unto God for a purpose. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. Each and every one of us has a destiny. No matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, you have a destiny. And we want to fulfill that destiny. And sometimes we got to change some things to fulfill that destiny. And John, need, John had a destiny to be a forerunner of Christ. And he needs some reassurance from Jesus. That he was the Christ. And Jesus basically sent him to the scriptures. Yes, he healed the sick and raised the dead of the Greek, and the that That's what was prophesied what Jesus would do. <coughs> so Jesus let his life be a, a witness of what scripture should be. Jesus also told us what we should do. Yes, we all have specific callings and destinies. At the same point in time, there's something that we can all do, that God has orchestrated that we should all do. He's told all of us that we should lay hands on the sick and to recover. He's told all of us that we can preach the gospel. He's told all of us that we can be a servant to all. He's told all of us that we can heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. Freely receive, freely give. He's, there's several things that we should be doing as Christians, as spirit-filled Christians believing Christians, there is a work for us to do. In the same way there was evidence that Jesus was Christ based on the Scripture, there should also be evidence that we are Christians based on our lives. Our lives should be a, te- a witness. Our lives should be tes- a testimony. We should, you know, and that's the same point, you know, the world should be astonished at the things that are happening in our lives and in our churches. You know, it's hard to combat. They, they tried to kill the apostles and they eventually did. They killed all of them except for John. But John just wouldn't die. <laughs> they tried to boil the guy and he just wouldn't fry. But at the same point in time, you know, uh, they tried to kill them all. Yeah, at the same point in time, they're healing the sick. They're raising the dead. They're they're drawing the crowd. Jesus is healing. There's some cities. Mark chapter 1 talks about how he went to go visit Peter's mother-in-law and he healed the whole town. The whole town was healed. I mean, not talking about clearing out a hospital. You know, if you start clearing out a hospital, if you—I mean, the medical ministry—I mean, the medical industry is one of the largest multi-billion-trillion-dollar industries in the world. All the pharmacy, all the doctors, all the there's everything. There's all kinds of stuff. (coughs) If you start healing the sick, you know, you're not going to cause any small stir. Uh, Paul put out some uh, sorcerers out of business in Philippi and he ended up in jail <laughs> you know uh, you start putting some of this evil and different things out of business and I'm not saying all oh, doctors are evil that's not what I'm saying but at the same point in time Jesus came to heal the sick and set the captives free and so uh, anyway uh, I just hope, I hope I'm hope i making sense what I'm trying to convey but John needed reassurance I don't know about you, but I want my life to be a testimony. I want my life to count. And not just about me and my needs and and whatnot. You know, praise God for my needs. I praise God how God has provided for us. But at the same point in time, if we have all these things, but we are not fulfilling our purpose, to me that means nothing. We have a purpose to fulfill. And part of that purpose is a universal purpose, and that is to reach the world for Jesus Christ. We're not even doing these Bible studies just so we can look good and have a Facebook page and, and a, a YouTube channel and a, and a website. And we're not, we're not even doing these things so we get tithes and offerings. We want to do these things so we can change the world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so there's many other things we could be doing right now. We could be eating. We could be going for a walk. We could enjoy our day off, but we're here talking to you. And so, and and there's nothing we'd rather do in that sense. And so, uh, you know, we have a purpose, and our purpose is not just to speak to the air. Our purpose is to see lives change, even if it's one life at a time. That still fulfills our purpose. Anyway, I'm hoping I'm making sense. So, anything we pick it back on that?
1: No, it's just God's word is so powerful, um, and I, I get we we each go through things where it be doubt and unbelief. what it? Uh, sickness lack I mean you name it people go through it but Christ the Messiah came and conquered all of that Uh, he made a way he made a way when there is no way and you know I I really love how Andrew's bringing out the truth of God's Word drowned out John the Baptist doubts and John the Baptist to me you know he's a hero of faith uh, you know, even before he was born, when Mary went to see her cousin Elizabeth, uh, after Mary just found out that that she uh, was going to bear the Christ child, she was the the chosen uh, virgin uh, that was prophesied about. Um, but Elizabeth, who was pregnant with with John, uh, is it said that when Mary walked in the room, you know, with you know Jesus. You know as a you know baby in, inside that John the Baptist leaped in Mary in uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth's womb. Um, he I, I mean, just the Holy Spirit had, had was so strong in the womb, and John, like, oh my gosh, the Messiah just came in the room. And, um, even you know, the first time that the Bible says that, that John saw Jesus, I mean, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away. The sins of the world you know I'm I'm not even worthy to to touch his sandals you know I must decrease that that Jesus must increase I mean to me you know that was John's a pillar of faith you know to be led by the Holy Spirit and to be that that uh, uh, voice in the wilderness crying out that you know this is the Messiah Um, and yet John was human um, we we can all go through things and, and have doubts or worry or fear or whatever. But the word of God, uh, whether it's, uh, you read it for yourself or someone gives you a word, you know, it all has to go back to God's word. I mean, praise God for words given to us by uh, men and women of faith. But if it doesn't, it doesn't mirror this. Um, I'm not going to get on that soapbox, um, but the Word of God is what chases away our doubts. The Word of God is get gets us back on on track.
0: Okay, well, let's read a little further. The section t- titled uh, "Let me catch up here: Victor or Victim."
1: Jesus wasn't dishonoring John by not giving him these emotional compliments. He didn't just this is bringing back, because I know we, st- we started mid-chapter, but Andrew had brought out that after John the Baptist's uh, disciples came to Jesus, Jesus did all these miracles, and he sent the dis- disciples back to John to, to tell John who, uh, who Jesus was. But after they were out of earshot, then Jesus gave John compliments to, to those who were around him, those who were listening, and Andrew's bringing out why didn't Jesus wait for uh, say it, these compliments before the disciples left, so that the disciples could tell John, "Hey, this is what Jesus said about you." Uh, Andrew is saying that he Jesus didn't want John to live off some emotional compliment. He wanted. Uh, well, I'll get get back into this. Jesus wasn't dishonoring John by not giving him these emotional compliments. He didn't just tell him something to tide him over. It was just the opposite. Jesus honored John so much he refused to give him just an emotional response. Instead, he referred him back to the word of God. That's powerful. We want emotional things like somebody putting their arm around us and crying with us. That might make you feel good temporarily and help you over a hump, But it's not going to help you long-term. I'm not saying that we shouldn't show compassion for people. However, in the long-term, you need to know the truth. You need to take hold of the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. God's Word is the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17. That's the weapon you use to fight off depression, discouragement, and despair. Yet many people simply wallow in their tears wanting God to come down to their level and help them by saying, It's really bad. A friend of mine was ministering encouragement at one of our minister's conferences. He'd called forward people who were discouraged and was going to pray for them. You didn't have to ask this one couple who came up for prayer if they were discouraged. Their body language had discouragement written all over it. They were stooped over crying and they looked miserable. As they stood in front of my friend who is ministering for prayer he just looked at them and declared thus says the lord don't feel bad if i wasn't god i would be discouraged too when he said that it encouraged me in fact i thought it was hilarious however i'm not sure that couple rejoiced over it that much some of us honestly think that our problems are so bad that even god is wringing his hands and wondering how he's going to take care of it the truth is your problem is nothing compared to God yet so many times we want God to come down and cry with us saying I know it's so hard I'm grieving with you but that's not true the Lord has already conquered he's victorious he does show compassion and love towards you if you're discouraged I'm not discounting that but God is so much bigger and has so much more to offer you than just compassion Instead of settling for something emotional that will make you feel good today, but then tomorrow you'll be left needing another emotional fix, what you need to do is seize the truth of God's word. Whether you feel like it or not, stand up and start saying, I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I don't care what I feel like, what somebody else has said, or what has happened to me. I'm going to rise again. I'm a victor and not a victim. Start taking God's word and applying it to your situation. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1557 This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5.4 Start speaking the word and building yourself up.
0: Well, this, in some ways, this is an echo of what I've been talking about this morning. And in some ways, you know... God has compassion for us, and we have compassion for you. Uh, you know, growing up, going to some some of the services I've gone to, some of the churches, and some of the Bible studies, not all of them, but some of them, you know, it would, some of it was just inspirational, but not, there was no meat on the bones, there was no help, there was no direction. And I'm not saying that about anyone in particular, but I just, you know, there's a time to be inspired. There's a time to, you know, just get your kind of daily bread for the day. And I'm not even against that. And I'm not trying to mock that. But we, the truth will set you free. Jesus wanted to give John the Baptist. <coughs> he wanted to get to the core of the problem. He wanted to encourage him deeply. You know, um, I don't know if I'm making sense what I'm trying to convey. But, uh... You know, Andrew, I uh, talked about this couple being ministered to, and other people. You know, God, God's not going to stoop down to your level. He's gonna He's gonna try to raise you up to His level. He's gonna try to raise you up. He's not just gonna go down and and meet you and comfort you and console you. Not that you don't need to be consoled or whatever, but He wants to lift you up. Sometimes, sometimes we need to get. Uh, we just need it like that little dog that would nip the sheep and in, in the hill to get, get them moving sometimes we just need to be a little, a little nip in the bud not that we're trying to be instant we're not trying to be sensitive to your knees and your emotions but we're trying to get you to move forward we're trying to get you not to wallow in your pain and your misery and your discouragement and despair but look up your redemption draws nigh look fix your eyes on jesus this is the victory that overcomes the world your faith stop Speaking about your problem and start speaking about your God. Change your language. <coughs> I ministered that this morning. I'm going to be ministering that all, all this month on Sunday mornings. Stop wallowing in your in your pain. Stop speaking and sh- sharing over and over and over again all the, all the bad points. Just like the news does. All they share is everything that's bad. Of course. Nowadays, they can't even share anything that's true. But at the same point in time, you know, we need to be sharing the Word of God. You know, a lot of times when I minister, I'm asking someone, what what verse are you standing on? I understand you're going on this problem. I understand you're, <coughs> you're dealing with this situation. <laughs> Excuse me. But what verse are you standing on? What does God say about the problem? You know, there, there's been times where I've gotten discouraged. And, and I've gotten down and I know the right answer intellectually but in the moment I just got tired of the battle I just maybe I've gotten overwhelmed emotionally and I know what verse I'm standing on but at the same point in time I need a friend to lift me up I need uh, some friends to tell me what 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 for if I need it and uh, get me back on my feet so I can run and I can walk and, and I can go forward you know. Uh, not just put a, not just uh, pat me in the back, and feel sorry for me. I'm not saying there's not a time for that to a certain degree, but you know, I don't want people to just feel sorry for me. I want, you know, we we need help. We need to help and edify and spur one another on to good deeds. Stir one another up in a good way, you know. Uh, get people fired up in a good way to to continue on. You know, it it he ends here, you know. Start speaking the Word of God and building yourself up in your most holy faith. <laughs> I added that last part, but, you know, Jeremiah had to encourage himself in the Lord. David, too. Uh, you know, I love the songs where David would just vent his, his dissatisfaction, his misery, but he wouldn't stay there. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And we need to be encouraged, and we need to allow other people to encourage us. Not just be sympathetic but to encourage us, to spur us on, and to get our eyes off the problem and get our eyes on Jesus.
1: You know, so many times people, myself included, um, have cried about their faith, wishing it was stronger, but Andrew himself, uh, in the section we we read, uh, quoted, I think it was from Hebrews or Romans, saying that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith only comes by hearing, by us hearing the word of God and believing it, and and if I mean God Himself in in the pages of this Bible of His Word gave us the antidote, the remedy, which is believing in Jesus, and you know I think it was Greg Fritz um, in in his uh, series, The Good News. Uh, uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was Greg, but. But he said, you know, if you went to the doctor because uh, of whatever you were going through, and the doctor said, "Here, this is the remedy," and and you refused it, I mean, like that doesn't make sense. God Himself gave us the remedy for everything, and that's Jesus Christ, uh, and Him crucified, and Him resurrected, and um, Jesus doesn't just didn't just come so that we could get to heaven. Jesus came so that we would be overcomers in every area of life in this sick and fallen world, whatever it might be. Jesus is the remedy; He has the answer, the antidote uh, for whatever ails us. And you know, I love you know. Dave just talked about the Psalms and 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 uh, King David, but in Psalm forty. Uh, David says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry he also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps he has put a new song in my mouth praise to our God many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord you know we were just talking about Andrew was just talking about the, the answer being Jesus and then that I mean Jesus is the the the, the one I mean when we're all in our our pits our horrible stinking awful pits uh, Jesus the one who lifts us up and he doesn't just get us out of it he sets our feet firmly upon the rock and that rock is himself Jesus
0: awesome well we're gonna read some more uh, raised from the dead Uh excuse oh, so me. Eyes on the truth. Sorry.
1: Okay. I thought I, I was on the wrong page. Okay. Eyes on the truth. In a sense, that's what Jesus did for John the Baptist. Instead of giving him all of those comp- all of these compliments, he referred him back to the prophecies that he had known, that God had used to call him to the ministry, and that had put him on the right path. At one time, the word of God had motivated John. For 30 years, these prophecies kept him focused and on track. But in a crisis situation, he took his eyes off the word, started looking at his surroundings. He was in prison, and it looked like he was going to die. Because of this, John became discouraged. As long as Peter looked at Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, he walked on water, Matthew 1428 31 He did something that no other person outside of the Lord had ever done before. It was miraculous. But when Jesus took his eyes off of Jesus and began to look at the wind and waves, he started to sink. John the Baptist had taken his eyes off of the word, off of the truth that God had instilled into his heart. He was looking at his prison and the fact that he was facing death. It appeared that this tyrant, Herod, was prevailing and that he was losing. John was looking at these things and had lost sight of what the word of God said. Jesus referred him back to the word, the word with which John was well acquainted. When John returned to the word, I believe the Holy Spirit rose up on the inside of him. The scripture doesn't tell us what John's response was, but we know that he remained faithful to the end. Eventually, Herod beheaded him. There was no whimpering crying or renouncing his beliefs John the Baptist stayed strong I personally believe that when Jesus responded to John this way John recognized how could I have doubted this is what the word says regardless of what emotions he may have felt he got his thoughts back on the truth this truth really encourages me if I were to go by my emotions there would be times when I would feel like running away There would be times when I would feel like giving up and quitting. But I've learned to go by the word and not by how I feel. This truth has changed me and has worked in my life for decades.
0: I like this little last section here. This truth really encourages me. If I were to go by my emotions, there would be times when I would feel like I'm running away. There would be times when I feel like giving up and quitting. But I've learned to go by the word and not by how I feel. This truth has changed me and it's worked in my life for decades. We have to live by the truth. You know, it says in Deuteronomy chapter eight. I think verse. I forget the verse. But uh, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, His word, word is our life, and we have to. We can't live off of our emotions. Our emotions. Um, you know, that's our flesh. And we can't allow our flesh or our emotions to dictate how we're gonna feel, how we're gonna think, how we're gonna respond or react. We have to live our life by the truth. You know, to be spirit to be naturally minded is death and to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans eight six. If you're living by your emotions, you're living by You're naturally minded, and that's death. And that's uh, it, doesn't just lead to death, it is death. And so, you know, we have to keep our minds stayed upon Him. We have to choose, you know what, I know I I feel this way, but I'm going to live by the Word of God. You might even, I I can take this on a lot of different dimensions. You might be feeling sick, but the Word of God says, by His stripes I am healed. And I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to deny the facts, but I'm, I'm commanding those facts to line up to the truth and be, make and my body be well. And I, you know, like I said this morning, you know, stop speaking. Stop speaking how you feel. Stop speaking what's wrong. Stop speaking uh, what the, the circumstances are. Start speaking the word of God. You know, David Cho, David Cho, he had, he pastored the largest church in, in uh, South Korea. Uh, I think it was a Soviet God church. And I read his book called The Fourth Dimension years, years ago, it's about his testimony. He grew up in, the, uh, uh, I think it was Hinduism was his, his past, you know, not a Buddhist, but uh, he grew up in the poor, uh a poor family, what not. And after he was born again, you now before he had pastored, he was born again, and he's still a new new believer. I forget exactly where he was at, but he needed a desk, he needed a chair, and he needed the bicycle. And when he when he prayed for that chair, the the desk, the chair, and the bicycle, <coughs> he began to tell people, "I'm pregnant with a desk, a chair, and a bicycle." He, he even started changing his language. I have a desk, and I have a chair, and I have a bicycle. He didn't even have it yet. And, he, he, and while he was praying, the Lord told him to be specific. What kind of desk? What kind of chair? What kind of bike? And so he began to speak specifically what those items were like. And he began to, to tell people that he had a desk, a chair, and whatnot. He wasn't trying to, to lie to people, but he was believing by faith I had this desk, I had this chair, I had this bicycle. And people wanted to come over and see it. Well, let's go see it. You know, he did not have it physically to show them, but it was it was just a matter of time, and he specifically got that desk, that chair, and that bicycle. And he just believed God. And he, he might have looked stupid to some people. He might have looked silly. He might have looked like he just... Uh, Religious or whatnot, but he he just believed God, and uh, I don't know. I just remembered that you know through the years. And uh, Lawson Purdue, our pastor, he's from Colorado Springs, and he 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 has a saying. I forget exactly how it goes, but he says, um, "A favor of God, favor of man, and a, and a good understanding." You know, he speaks over his finances all the time. He's, he speaks over his kids and his church. And I mean, one thing I like about Lawson, he is just fired up in a good way in faith. If there's ever been a man of faith that I really esteem is when Lawson Perdue. And he just speaks faith. He speaks life. He speaks positively. And he's got a mouth on him, but he's using that mouth in a good way. <laughs> and uh, and so he get fired up real quick. You know, he has these benches in in Colorado Springs that uh, that says Jesus is Lord. He had them there for three years, and they were gonna they were gonna change it one year after the, the election. I forget what year this was. Finally, to I forget the whole story. So I hope I don't get it wrong. But the city or whatever had come to him and said he got to change the word, and he can never he not use the word Jesus. And he got fired up, and he said, I you know I'm not gonna change it. I was going to change the wording after the election, but since you're making a deal of it, I'm just going to keep them up. And uh, we're not going to change these bus stop benches. And he fought it. He said, I don't like the fight. I didn't start the fight, but I'm going to finish this fight, and we're going to win, and we're going to keep those, those benches up because Jesus is Lord. They said, well, you can advertise, you just can't use the word Jesus. And he says, I'm using the word Jesus. I've been using the word Jesus all these years. I'm going to always use the word Jesus, and you're not going to tell me I can't use the word Jesus. And he, you know, those bus stops uh, signs are still up to this day. He fought that. He won it. You know, he just, uh, anyway, I forget where I'm going with all this. But, you know, we just got to learn. We got to stop speaking like the world. We got to stop broadcasting what's going wrong. We need to start broadcasting what the truth says about our problems, about our finances, about our health, about our purpose. And we need to start not only believing God, we need to start speaking Words of faith. So, anyway.
1: And, and you know, we, we're to walk by faith, not by sight. And our sight, our senses will tell us, well, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm poor, I'm whatever it might be. But the Word of God is so clear that we are to, to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. That the flesh wants to, I'm mad, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm pitiful, I'm whatever. But, I mean, your feelings change all the time. I, I can wake up groggy because uh, I'm not quite awake and, uh, you know, drag throughout the day being all pitiful because I'm tired. Or I can be, uh, you know, recently uh, some a friend who had moved out of state posted uh, that their spouse, uh, they woke up to their spouse singing, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And I was like, what a way to start the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Whether I'm mad or sad or glad, it doesn't stop the fact that Jesus is Lord, um, that God is on his throne, and that we are overcomers in Christ. You know, I... I, I I wanted to share a couple of things um, because of how just uh, uh, Andrew and Dave got got me stirred up on um, and, and I almost don't know what way to, to go but all since I have my Bible opened all will start, start, start there you know, were we're talking about uh like the different heroes of faith and 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 John the Baptist and how you know they went through some horrible stuff but uh, you know they were overcomers you know Peter got to walk on water because he he was focused on Jesus well you know Paul this is uh, chapter 16 of Acts uh, Paul and Silas w- uh, were ministering and they got thrown in jail and they didn't just get thrown on in jail but uh, their clothes were, were torn off of them they were beaten with the rods they were th- uh, they threw him into prison and put uh, not just put him in prison. He put them, they were put in the inner prison and fast and their feet were fastened in the stocks. Uh, but it's, but it, verse 25 says, but, you know, after all this list of things that happened to him, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Um, and then it goes on to, to say that there was a great earthquake, and they were they were uh, uh, set free, but they didn't they didn't escape. They stayed there, and the the jailer and his whole household became saved by seeing the, the face of Paul and Silas. After all they had gone through, they believed the word of God uh, versus their circumstances, and. Uh, if you've seen the movie uh, Overcomer, you know it's about this this young girl in, in high school who she didn't have a lot going with her. Her her mom had died, I believe, of a, a drug overdose. Her dad had never been in her life. Uh, in fact, uh, she believed that her dad had died uh, years ago, and she was being raised by her grandma, um, who had to work just to keep you know food on the table. And so she was going down the path of um, she was stealing and, and just she didn't really have a life. She didn't have friends. she was just discouraged and, and feeling just uh, useless and purposeless. and, and uh, she got, you know uh, kicked out of a school, so she had to go to another school. And, and by the grace of God, she was led by the, the principal in the movie, Uh, to come to Christ and she didn't know who she was and the principal said well why don't you read Ephesians I think it was the first three chapters but I'll just say uh, Ephesians and and make a list of who you are in Christ and she went ahead and did that because she didn't know you know how how to I don't know who I am and she just studied it out and wrote down uh, like this whole long list of who I am I am I am an overcomer I am adopted I'm chosen I mean these were uh, this was a powerful list and that changed her she changed from living off her horrid feelings of worthlessness uh, of not being adequate of not uh being worth anything to realizing her worth in Christ and she went by the the Word of God and her life was changed and uh, you could see the transformation before your eyes um, but you know if we just live by our emotions I mean as a woman alone your emotions are like this all day just because uh, that's how we're created and don't don't get us wrong emotions and feelings were created by God but we can't live. We can't live by them. We can't let them be Lord of our lives and rule our situations. We have to. We must walk by faith, not by sight. We must walk in the Spirit, not by our flesh, and we must live by the Word of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. We have a little bit of time left. Yep, ten minutes. Okay, let's read a little bit more.
1: Raised from the dead. I remember receiving the phone call at 4:15 a.m. and being told that my son had died. We immediately got up and got dressed. It took us an hour and 15 minutes to drive from our house to the hospital in Colorado Springs. We live so far out our cell phones didn't work. During that period of time when we were on our way to the hospital, I didn't have any way to check on my son. When I received that call, I declared, the first report is not the last report. I spoke my faith. Then my wife and I agreed and prayed. We called our son back to life. He had been dead for nearly five hours by the time he returned to life. It was absolutely miraculous. From the time we got the call until we arrived at the hospital and saw that he had been raised from the dead, I began having some negative thoughts and feelings of grief and things like that. I just praise God this is not really to my credit it's the Holy Spirit he spent he's spent a lot of time teaching and training me when I started having these negative thoughts I cried out to God and he started sharing his word with me he brought me back to scriptures and reminded me of truths because of that God's word rose up on the inside of me and I literally stood against those negative feelings I didn't care how I felt Imagine if someone told you your son was dead. How would you feel? What kind of kinds of thoughts would run through your mind? Well, I had everything going through my mind that probably would go through yours. But the word of God rose up within me. And by the grace of God, I never spoke anything contrary to what the word said. In fact, as I began to praise God, my emotions turned around and started agreeing with God. I actually began to rejoice and praise the Lord. I'm sharing this to encourage you. even though your emotions are pulling you one way, you know what the Word of God says. You can come to the place where God's word is more real to you than what you feel. That's what the Bible calls faith. That's what the word calls maturity.
0: All right, uh, I wish that last paragraph. I'm sharing this to encourage you even though your emotions are pulling you one way and you know the word the word of God says you can come to the place where God's Word is more real to you than how or what you feel. That's what the Bible calls faith and that's what the Word calls maturity. I mean, I I just, I don't, can't really say it better than that. I mean, his son, Andrew and Jamie were told that their son was dead. Most of us would just fall apart. And I'm not, and they never said they didn't have Regular emotions as parents. But they made a choice in the midst of all those emotions that they were fighting in those moments. Could you imagine how long that hour drive was to the hospital knowing that their son was dead? And at the same point in time, they chose. I mean, the whole drive, while they're trying to drive and see straight, (coughs) you know, most of us wouldn't even be safe driving. But at the same point in time, as uh, they were driving. They were speaking faith. They weren't speaking doubt. They weren't just being religious about this. They were speaking the word of God. And when they got there, he was just sitting up on that and that. He already had a toe tag on. It says, you know, uh, he. But he was just sitting up, waiting for them. Some people think they can't raise the dead because they didn't. They, they can't go into the morgue or whatever to lay a hand on them. They never went in, and he was already sitting up. You know, and so they didn't have to lay hands. You know, your faith, your faith is awesome. And so uh, I just, I just liked how he ends this. uh, You can get to a place where the word of God is more real to you. And some, some of us, we know the word of God. We know what the word God says, but our circumstances are more real to us than the word of God. And I, I, I know that's hard to wrap around and that's not a put down but sometimes we know what the Word of God says, but our circumstances are more real to us, and we're trying. And and uh, we we have to get to a place where the Word of God is more real. David and Goliath. David, the Word of God, his covenant relationship with God was more real to him than how big Goliath was. In David's opinion, it didn't matter how big Goliath was. It mattered how what God said about the situation. I said this morning, Goliath could have been ten times the size as he was. He could have been a monster. He could have been, uh, what, uh, um, Godzilla or oh yeah, uh, you know, he could have been uh, this monster that we see on some of these superhero movies. <coughs> you know, he could have been uh, um, all kinds of stuff, but. It didn't matter how big he was. There could have been ten of Goliaths out there. You know, it doesn't matter how impossible it is. We know our God, and we know the Word of God, and the Word of God needs to be so real that we we just, we expect it to happen. David expected Goliath to fall down. He just knew. He knew the same way that God rescued him from the lion and the bear, he this goliath was no different, because the word of God is not a respecter of situations; it's a respecter of faith, and faith comes from the word of God. If the word of God is not more real to you than the circumstance, and faith comes from the word of God, then your faith is not it's, your faith. You ha- you have the spirit of faith, but you are you have squashed that down with unbelief. Your unbelief is more real. Arthur Minches, one of our favorite speakers, says, "You know, unbelief is belief that's un. It's belief, but you're believing the wrong thing. You're believing the circumstances. You're believing the doctor's report. You're you're, <coughs> you're, you're believing Goliath or whatever it is more than you are believing God. We have, you know." Sometimes, sometimes we think death is the last answer. No, Jesus overcame death in the grave, and death is not the final thing. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Death is not the end. Jesus is the beginning and the end. And so, don't put a, don't put a period where God says Amen. <laughs> you know, and, and just uh, we gotta get to the point where the word of God, we just believe the word of God. We need to believe the word of God. And I'm not trying to sweep our problems under some rug. No, I'm telling our problems to bow to Jesus. That's what I'm doing. David didn't ignore Goliath. He came right at him. And so he faced Goliath in the name of the Lord. He didn't come. He wasn't hiding behind some bush. He went charging at Goliath with that slingshot. And he came tumbling down. He, David was not in fear because he knew his God. He knew his God. He you know, he got five stones. He didn't need he only needed one, but he still got five. He only needed first shot, boom. That guy's gone on the ground, he grabs his sword. And you know do you know that Goliath, when he uh they buried his head at the place called the Skull? And you know where this place called the Skull is? Calvary. Where Jesus was crucified was where Goliath's head was buried, called a skull. I don't know about you, but that's just awesome. That's just awesome. There's a lot more I could bring out of that, but it's just awesome.
1: You know, if faith comes by hearing, and if you listen to Dave's message this morning, faith speaks. And you know, we we talked briefly about about praise, whether it be Paul and Silas in the in the jail, or or Dave or Andrew. You know when. When we praise God, when we open our mouth and speak or sing praises to God, that boosts our faith up to act. And it 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 changes our mindset. It changes our our feelings. You know, I I dare you to to praise God and and not walk away with with your your feelings changed to something better and um you know uh, uh daniel amstest um he was the the uh founder i guess you could say of healing school on, on thursdays at, at caris but uh he said i i dare you to come to healing school uh for for was it a month or i forget if he put a time uh, period on it but he's like i, I dare you to walk away sick because uh, when you're hearing the word of god whether it be From uh, a gospel preaching uh, minister or your own mouth praising God, uh, and not not just speaking it to to speak. It's not a magic formula to say like like uh, David showed that David's uh, example of you know I I I I have a bike, I have a desk, I have a chair. It wasn't a magic formula to say. For David to show to say I have those things my Dave specifically said because he believed he got those things he believed therefore he spoke you know we we speak out of faith we speak out of the abundance of the heart but when we praise God there is a shift in us and our faith is allowed to speak faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God you know, we talked about the Psalms earlier. King David in the Bible wrote most of them. And a lot of them, like like Dave said, you know, he's griping and whining and complaining and woe is me and, you know, I'm devastated. I mean, he went through some horrid stuff. But he never left it with the being feeling devastated part. He always... He might have led off with it, but he always switched over to praising God. You know, oh my gosh, I'm going through this. That my enemies are after me. My friends have deserted me. I'm I'm sick unto death. You know, whatever it was, David was going through. But God, but He's brought me out of the miry pit. But you know, the blessings of of God. Uh, forget not the benefits of God Uh, bless the Lord oh my soul he always got himself back into faith by by praising God
0: that's awesome this is good stuff if you would just if we can get a hold of this Uh, so anyway we're out of time Uh, we'll be back here Uh, we got one more little section left of chapter eight we'll finish here next week and go into chapter nine next week Lord, we worship you we magnify you Lord, I speak your blessing on this week. Your blessing, Lord, faith speaks, and I speak blessing on this week for all of us. And the work of our hands, Lord, your word says that you will bless the work of our hands for us. Yes, bless the work of our hands, and Lord, we just we 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 just thank you. We we speak your grace over our our families, and our finances, our health our country, and our lives. We bless this week, and we bless this month, the month of May 2021, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The Believer's Authority.